0: Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Len and this is our show for the week of Schmear's Day, June 27th, 2022. On the show today, we're recording on-site at Disney's Wilderness Lodge and Saratoga Springs Resorts. Plus, we've got news, surveys, and maybe a listener question or two. Then, in our main segment, Jim gives us the history of the Disney Institute, which stood on the spot now taken by Saratoga Springs Resort. Let's get started by bringing in the man who says that for good mental health, don't trust how you feel about yourself after 9 p.m. It's Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? 8.59. I'm
1: it, good. Is it 9. Nine yeah. o'clock. You know what? Let me nine just... <laughs> that was not respect. the time for introspection. There we go. <laughs> so.
0: All right. Uh, Jim, let's do a quick shout out to subscribers over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com. Thanks to new subscribers, Jane Perillo. AMK 1173, and S. Moffat 71, and longtime subscribers John Simon, Melissa Dover, and Tim Camosa. Jim, these are the cast members who run the Underground Horse Racing sports book at Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort. If you'd like to place a bet, just use the phrase, what do you know about that monorail smell in the fifth? True story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Learned so much in this segment. So much. So So much.
0: much. All right, Jim, let's do the news. Folks, the Disney Dish News is brought to you by Storybook Destinations, trusted travel partner of the Disney Dish podcast. For a worry free travel experience every time, book online at StorybookDestinations.com. Jim, a couple of uh, news tidbits here. Over at Disney's Hollywood Studios, the buffet is returning to Hollywood and Vine at the end of August, August 28th, to be exact. Our friends over at WDW Magic report that it'll be the same characters, mm-hmm. so Disney Junior characters at breakfast and then uh, Minnie Mouse and Friends for lunch and dinner, just different meals. Jim, what do you make of the uh, the return here of buffet dining?
1: Well, we've been seeing around the hospitality industry these sort of high-touch things coming back. and on the return of the actual character meet-and-greet, where, you know, again, you can interact with Mickey from less than 30 feet away. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I, I suppose at this point, it, it's okay to go at a bowl of fruit with some tongs.
0: <laughs> That's the, the, I guess, the one question. It's, uh, the, so the buffets are not self-serve anymore. It's, it, or it will be self-serve, but for a while, it was Disney cast members spooning out the food to you, which had, and you know, I've only done it once or twice. It had sort of like a retirement community feel to it, like, okay, grandma, let me let me get you that oatmeal. That that type of thing? Yeah? Well also Portion control, Papa. Let's
1: not forget about the shame component of, of, of portion <laughs> control. I would really like three ribs, but again, someone else is serving me, so I, I will just take one.
0: I know, I know. There's ribs. that there's that slight pause where you're like, I would like an extra slice of roast beef, where the guy looks at you like do you really need that extra thing of roast beef, and and then you feel you have to feel like you justify it, like it's for my aged grandmother who's back go. at the table.
1: There we go. Or maybe the salad portion. Maybe have a, have fair, a fair. brand muffin. Pal.
0: Done. Exactly. All right. In uh, other news, over at the Grand Floridian, the conversion of Big Pine Key to DVC is complete. Uh, Jim, it also looks like they've taken some of the suites that were on the fifth floor and converted them to studios. So, to me, this is an interesting trend in that not only is it the replacement of standard hotel rooms mm-hmm. with DVC, but suites with studios, which really tells you about the popularity of studios at DVC. And I've talked to a number of people mm-hmm. in the in the, the DVC uh, resale business, and every one of them say that studios are by far the most popular room request.
1: That's, to me, kind of counterintuitive. But I guess, again, if you're you're looking to, to make the most of, you know, your family's visit. Make your points go as far as they can. That's what I, it is. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: but, wow. It's the least number of points. There we go. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's good. Also, a uh, quick reminder, uh, this is the week of uh, July 4th coming up. If you want to see July 4th Fireworks of Walt Disney World without the hassle, uh, both the Magic Kingdom and Epcot will be doing the same fireworks show on July 3rd starting at 9:20 pm so if uh if you think the weather's not going to be great on july 4th or you just don't want to deal with the crowds you can see it on uh on america's pre-birthday which is july 3rd it's good to know all right jim we have time for a quick survey here our friend kathleen got an interesting survey about an upcoming stay at bay lake tower and jim here's one of the interesting questions about it have you experienced or are you planning to experience star wars galactic star cruiser on your next visit to Walt Disney World. And then in parentheses it says, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser is a two-night vacation package experience aboard the Halcyon Star Cruiser. And the answers, the possible answers are, yes, before my stay at Bay Lake Tower, yes, after my stay at Bay Lake Tower, or I don't have any plans to experience it on this visit. Jim, why would Disney be asking about a Star Cruiser visit on a Bay Lake Tower survey?
1: I would actually be intrigued to see how many folks who are staying at Magic Kingdom Resorts, or the equivalent, Mm -hmm. are getting similar surveys. One one wonders if they're now checking the quote-unquote second tier. Yeah, you've gone through your diehard Star Wars. Yeah, rant. for
0: six months, you know, May through September, mm-hmm. where all the people who absolutely wanted to see the, mm-hmm. the Halcyon, all of the mm-hmm. you know very well off Disney fans who want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now they're looking for sort of like that second market to sustain. There we go. It. There um, we
1: go. But that's kind of intriguing that they're doing that this early.
0: But my here's my question: Like, Disney conceivably could know whether Kathleen is doing it because presumably. Disney has Kathleen's email address, right, because they sent her the survey. They have the email address on her reservation at Bay Lake Tower. They could also check for Galactic Star Cruiser, but I guess they want to make sure that somebody else isn't doing their reservation, like somebody else in the family. All right, that's fair. So they're, they're definitely trying to link them. All right, the next question that I thought was interesting was was this. By the way, that's, uh, I think, is that is that Whispering Canyon uh, food? Luggage cart. Luggage cart. All right, luggage cart. And luggage. I was about
1: to say, that's the loudest bacon I've ever heard. <laughs> it's the loudest bacon.
0: <laughs> All right, here's the next question that Kathleen has. And there's uh, there's two more that are really interesting here. During your stay at Bay Lake Tower, did you order any food that was delivered from a restaurant or delivery service that was not part of the resort? Uh, and the answers are yes, directly from a non-Disney restaurant. Yes, through a delivery service that delivers prepared food, e.g. Uber Eats or Grubhub. Or yes, through a grocery service, uh, Amazon Garden Grocer, etc or no. So Jim, why is Disney asking about food delivery services?
1: Again, you know, this is the mouse, and, and there isn't a revenue stream that is unexplored. And, you know, right. the, the, the notion is, could we step into the same space that Grubhub is in? Right. If you think about the Grubhubs or the Ubers of the world, right. you know, that were created with the notion of, this is going to be a thing, we want to be in this space. Yeah. So you're willing to operate at a loss for a while?
0: Yeah. Or Uber's case, 10 years, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, no, that's it exactly. It's, it's amazing
0: and, what you can do with billions of dollars of venture capital.
1: Well, but that's the thing. Eventually, your venture capital does, in fact, run out. And yeah. It's just in modern Disney. It doesn't surprise me that, at the moment, that even Grubhub and Uber are like, "Ooh, do we want, really want to be in this business?" Like, yeah. "Ooh, there's a business. We should be in that."
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think Disney has the appetite to spend billions of dollars. Uh, mini div- meals. Mini, mini meals. Yeah, mini exactly.
1: Meals.
0: Ooh, ooh. Tm. Worldstar. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Mini mini eats. <laughs> <There> <laughs> mini meals. Go. I like mini meals better.
1: Mini meals. Yes. Mini meals.
0: Mini meals on wheels. <laughs> God, why are we not in marketing? There All we right. Go. Well, but they could think could simply do it. And I think what they're, I mean, for there, they've, they've gotta be looking at like, do we need to partner with a company like Lyft, mm-hmm. right? Or do we need to develop our own? And I don't think Disney would develop their own there. All right, next questions. What was your mindset when choosing accommodations for your June 2022 trip? Please use the slider to indicate the point on the zero to 10 scale mm-hmm. that you feel best describes your opinion. So zero is accommodations are just a place to sleep. I only value practical considerations, such as location, room size, or configuration. Or 10, accommodations are an extremely important part of the vacation experience. In addition to practical considerations, I want to be immersed in a unique environment that allows me to escape the everyday. And Kathleen had answered eight on this, which would I would look. Now, Jim, you and I had talked about this before, and the Unofficial Guide has done exactly this kind of question survey for a number of years, specifically trying to answer the question, is my hotel room just a place to sleep? And every bit of research that we've done says that if you ask people after the fact, they were more satisfied if they spent more money than they originally considered, or than they than they would outside of Walt Disney World. So I, I think this question is interesting, Jim, for two reasons. One, Disney's asking it before your trip, but not after, right? So they're getting your opinion before you actually have all of the facts needed to make this decision. And what I would like to see is a follow-up survey from Disney that asks this exact question again so that you can compare before and after results. So, if you're Disney's, if you're Disney's research arm, I would definitely ask this question, but after as well.
1: But realistically, you're asking somebody who's staying at the Bay Lake Tower. which you're gonna? I mean, short. Of <laughs> yes, s- it's, it's not.
0: A, it's not explicitly, no, yes. no, Please no, let short me spend eight hundred dollars a night the on train just. Station. I
1: get a bunch yeah. closer. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. All right. Yes, yeah. sir.
0: All right. The uh, the last question, and a whole bunch of other listeners, Jim, sent us in different surveys and it doesn't matter the survey type, all kinds of different surveys have this question on it now. Do you or anyone in your travel party identify as a member of the LGBTQIA community? Yes, myself. Yes, someone else. Yes, myself and others. No, or I prefer not to answer. And so the thing I mentioned is this question is not just on the lodging survey. It's showing up on all kinds of Disney surveys right now. So a listener named Phil, got this question about being asked about his dining experience at the Grand Floridian, Mm -hmm. right? And whenever I see this question, Jim, I'm reminded of Harold Ramis' line in the Bill Murray classic film Stripes. Mm -hmm. No, but we are willing to learn. (laughs) To which Bill Murray replies, "Uh, why, would they send us someplace special? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of the Grand Floridian, Jim, here's an interesting question from that survey that Phil sent in. Why did you decide to dine at the Grand Floridian Cafe on the date that he dined at. Please select all that apply. And Jim, they, they list like 15 answers here. And 15 of, of these 15 answers, I would say half of them are part of that new Disney survey trend where it's like, tell us how we screwed up your vacation. So the Whoa. first the first response is, the, I ate at the Grand Floridian Cafe because it was the only restaurant that had availability. <laughs> Let's get it out in the open, Jim. Let's just rebuff the bandit. Uh, Grand Floridian Cafe was one of the top places at which I wanted to dine. Uh, it was a recommendation via Disney Genie. Uh, the atmosphere and theming of the Grand Floridian Cafe. A cast member recommended it. Uh, other members of my party wanted to eat there. Uh, a friend, family member, or acquaintance recommended it. That's what Phil said, because I told him to eat there. Uh, the Grand Floridian Cafe af- offered good prices or value for the prices. I saw a social media post about the Grand Floridian Cafe. It was convenient? Uh, I like the menu selection for adults. Curiously, there is no, I like the menu selection for kids. The Grand Floridian Cafe had available reservations that worked with our schedule. I liked, oh, there it is, sorry. I liked, <laughs> so let me let me go back. I like the menu selection for children. It was buried in there. I had a good previous experience. Jim, so it looks like they're trying to figure out here what's influencing the decision to eat at certain restaurants. What do you think? If you think about the amount of money that the company has put
1: into Recent overhauls at the Flow. Yeah. It always intrigues me that they do
0: this after that. Yeah. You know, not before. Yeah. So, because I don't remember seeing this survey before the renovation no, no, at the no, Grand Flow. No. Yeah. So, which are before and after to, to, to compare with?
1: No. <laughs> well, that's it exactly. I mean, it's just, just, hey, we changed everything. What do you think?
0: You know, <laughs> is it better than before? There we go. What I was it before? Well, we don't know. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I would love to see this though for um, for other uh, resort restaurants because especially the, the question about availability, like mm-hmm. like this is, this is where we ate because this is what was available. And I've done this to a number of people who have, mm-hmm. I mean, you know this, you probably get the same thing too, but like someone will text you at, at, at six o'clock mm-hmm. and say, you know, hey, Len, I'm in Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time you've heard that they're going to Walt Disney World. And they're like, we're, you know, we're at such and such a location. Mm-hmm. Tell me where I should eat dinner tonight. And my first answer is always publics because you're not going to get in anywhere, right? <laughs> well, oh consider the public sub. <laughs> well, what's the nearest trash can? What what's the <laughs> Exactly. All right, you know, exactly. Like, All right. Are you near the Are you near the wilderness <laughs> lodge? Okay. Go out back. There's a trash <laughs> thing right there. They <laughs> throw they throw last night's ribs in there <laughs> after they're done feeding the alligators. Uh, <laughs> Just what you can get. No, but I, I love the uh, I love the idea here of doing this. This is great. All right, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Jim gives us the history of the Disney Institute, which is definitely not built on Indian burial grounds. We'll be right back. All right, Jim, this time you and I are now over at Disney's Saratoga Springs Resort. We just left the lobby mm-hmm. and we're headed over towards the pool. Now, Jim, mm-hmm. for this segment, we're talking about the history of the Disney Institute, which is we're on the burial grounds of the Institute, right?
1: <laughs> well, got to remember there was something prior to the Disney Institute and that was...
0: Was it, was it a, uh, a row of tract housing that was uh, weirdly swallowed up by a uh, some sort Almost. of like black hole type thing? Almost. All right.
1: This is the area in 73 where the city of Lake Buena Vista was going to be built. At that point, Disney announced that they were going to have uh, single-family homes, the treehouse villas. Right. You know, we got all that stuff. But again, it's 73, and I think it's somebody pointed out recently on social media, all of my stories end with the Arab oil embargo. The
0: the Arab oil embargo, exactly. You know, so it's one of these (laughs)
1: situations where suddenly all of these plans for this piece of property at Walt Disney World go sideways.
0: I mean, the good thing is, Jim, that I know for a lot of our listeners, Mm -hmm. they're too young to remember the Arab oil embargo. But one of the things it did is drive up gas prices. And we can all relate to that now, Jim. (laughs) That we can. That we can. All right. So imagine this, Mm -hmm. but then. There we go. That's where we're we're at. All right, fair. All right. Oh, the pool looks great.
1: It does. It does. And when they were initially transforming the Disney Institute into Saratoga Springs, they made a conscious decision to the effect of they weren't going to do the standard Disney pool. There wasn't going to be... The character-based slider, that sort of thing, oh. and they really leaned into that. You know, one of the things that Saratoga Springs, in uh, you know, uh, in you New know, York, is known for is that it's in quote, it's spring. Yeah. So,
0: and, and we're standing in front of a spring. Yeah. That's fantastic.
1: But Disney starts to develop the side of the property. We get the uh, the shopping village opens in March '75, and yes, we now have our treehouse villas. Yep. But even the
0: shopping village
1: stumbles coming out of the gate it has to be rethemed in 77.
0: Why, uh, why did it stumble? Was it just too far from the, the center of gravity, which was backed by the Magic Kingdom?
1: Well, it was one of these weird spaces that just, at that point, all of the stuff that was supposed to happen didn't. They end up rebranding the shopping village now as the Walt Disney World you know, Village, take out the word shopping. They built sure. the Empress Lily. And over here it then becomes this well we got to do something with it. Mm-hmm. So we get the Clubhouse Villas. Right. You know, we get four different sets of villas built in a relatively short period of time,
0: but it's very far away from the Magic Kingdom, which is the only theme park at the time, right? This is true. Okay. This is true. Right. But
1: to try to sort of okay, let's have this all coalesce around something. Okay. They build the Walt Disney World Conference Center, but again, it's this teeny tiny conference center that is only built for small to medium sized business groups, with the notion of, well, you come to Walt Disney World and you'll stay in either the treehouse villas or the golf club villas sure. or the
0: lakeside villas. And then you'll bring your family in for the weekend, you know, either before or after. There or we go. There we how go. many people did the conference facilities hold? Because oh. now, I mean, these days, they can hold five, 10,000 people. This was two or 300, and oh, that, okay. that was a stretch. That was a stretch. I think i fit that many in my three bedroom villa at <laughs> Bay Lake Tower before.
1: All right, I guess we are going down... All right, we're going
0: to walk downstairs now. Oh, uh, Jim, do we need a wheelchair from the Animal Kingdom? Because there's one right here. <laughs> well, you Also know, Hollywood they, Studios. They right, eventually right. return... Hello, hello, I've got an I echo. Wonder, I wonder if those are by the mile, because this should... Uh, <laughs> how would you get a Hollywood Studios wheelchair here? Well, you roll it out to the parking lot, Len, you throw then it, then in the back it in back car. Trunk. And then put your car. Literally, off. is that it? You just put it in your van? So, All right. All right, so now we're downstairs in sort of the back area around this. I think this is one of the uh, underappreciated areas of Saratoga Springs. I love this little courtyard area. Oh, no,
1: no, 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 it's all lovely. But but again, it's all lovely because it took them three tries to get it. It's lovely. <laughs> Third
0: time's the charm, baby. Yeah. All right. All
1: right. So anyway, all right, we jump ahead. It's now 1984. Michael Eisner comes through the door.
0: Epcot's been built, so they have something over here. They do, they do. 84, 84, 84. Okay, so they haven't yet built their first moderate hotel, Let's No, they have, not. Okay, no, have it, not. okay, that's... But not
1: for lack of trying on Michael Eisner's part. Okay. He is putting in ridiculous hours, he is mm-hmm. working crazy hard to get the Disney company turned around, and in mid-1985, his wife Jane turns him and goes, we're gonna go do something that has nothing to do with Disney. You've been working 60 hour weeks, and then you still go in on Saturday and Sunday, and yeah. it's like, you're not seeing your kids. You're being worn down by the shop. We're just going someplace else. Okay. And what they end up doing is they go to the Choctaw Institute in western New York.
0: Western New York, okay.
1: Now, are you familiar with this place at all? No. Or? Okay. Choctaw Institute. Choctaw. Um, it's built around the notion of education, but education in a wilderness setting.
0: Oh, so this is like the uh, the thing that Laurel and I just did up at uh, Mohunk Mountain House where we learned to throw uh, tomahawks.
1: Well, there's a little bit more involving pottery with this one, but, but maybe... <laughs> you throw it, pottery? Well, okay. there we go! All right, going right. okay. you throw All right. tomahawks at the pottery. All right. I'm not All sure right. how it works out. Anyway, what ends up happening is Michael goes there, and again, he's exhausted, yeah. but he loves this. He okay. loves the notion of, oh my God, we go on vacation and we learn
0: things. I, right. I attend We're still lecture. a family. There's still stuff to do, but we. Mm-hmm. it's educational and it's relaxing. Yeah. So, he comes back,
1: and Michael being Michael, anything that Michael likes, Michael then wants to make part of the
0: Disney company. Sure. So he's like, we should do this. <laughs> we should do a mountain resort. First, buy me some Native Americans. There That's we it. go, okay.
1: indigenous people. Let's watch All this right. way. Why don't, why don't we go
0: uh, Let's way. go this way. All All right. Right. We, uh, we managed to wander to the end of a sidewalk that is now in a parking lot, so we gotta there figure we go. out where we're, where we're going here.
1: All right, so Michael comes back, and we should do something like this at Disney. We should offer, People educational opportunities while they're at Walt Disney World.
0: Okay, educational opportunities while they're at Walt Disney World. All right, fair, fair. All right,
1: and so initially, Michael, being Michael, it's like, ooh, I want to do this big. I want to do this important. Let's build it in Aspen, and then people are like, Michael, we'd have to buy land in Aspen. Yeah, maybe that's not such a good idea. Why Aspen? Well, Michael loved Aspen. Again, Michael, whenever Michael likes something, it's like we should. This should be part of what we do. <laughs> Aspen so, should
0: be part of the Walt Disney empire. So, um, <laughs> but right.
1: in time, you know, he, it's like they, no, 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 we did We have all this land in Florida. Can we do it in Florida? It's like, okay, we'll build it over at Celebration. But even then it's like, we want Celebration to make money. <laughs> okay. You know, and I'm not entirely sure this thing is going to make money. So okay. their attention pivots back to this weird little kind of collection of villas. You know, okay. which are you know within the vicinity of again the the rename, shopping village.
0: All right. So here, let's cross uh, this way. We're uh, okay. we're going across one of the uh, one of the roundabouts in uh, in Saratoga Springs. All right. So they're saying we we have this uh, this area by the mm-hmm. uh, Walt Disney World shopping village, the village.
1: And it's important to note here that starting in 1985, they began to advertise this as okay. It's a resort. It's the the village resort. And then by 89, it's like okay. Stand corrected, it's the Disney Village Disney Resort. Disney Village you see, Resort, To see if that exactly. will then convince people to stay in the Villes and all that.
0: Got it, got it, got it.
1: Still doesn't quite happen. So the folks at, um, at Imagineering are like, well, Michael, you're looking for a place on property to build your Choctaw Institute. We have this piece of property right next to the shopping village it's underutilized we've got all of these hotels and so it's like again i mean the treehouse villas that we want to start selling it's like all right okay i get it let's do something here and so um work begins on the programming in 93 michael
0: so it's he michael eiser comes in the door in 84 when does he go to the choctaw institute he goes to it in 85 so by eight years later
1: well that's the thing There, there were a lot of people at disney who were hesitant because they are the ones who are like you know we have a lot of people who go to epcot who tell us that it's too educational and you're talking uh, about building got it, got it, got it, an got educational it. vacation experience all right
0: so epcot opened in 82 right he gets the feedback okay fair fair okay so uh so as you guys can tell uh, jim let's go to the right here as okay. you guys can tell we're doing this early in the morning when uh, all of the magical Disney sounds are replaced with uh, maintenance and a yard, yard upkeep, <laughs> so we're going to try and avoid that by walking uh, towards the water, Jim. There we go. All, all right. right. Okay. So it's 85
1: again. 85 is when they take the four different sets of villas and brand, you know, group them together into the Disney Village res- or uh, the Village Resort. Then at 89, they rebrand it as the Disney Village Resort. Okay. But it's still not catching. Okay. Um, so, what the Imagineers pitch him on now is like, look, let's build whatever you, this Disney Institute thing you want to build, this Choctaw Institute mm-hmm. thing, and we'll then uh, make use of the tree houses. Okay. And Michael says, well, that's great. However, we're going to need a place to actually present the classes. Okay. And so. So, we
0: need classrooms for the classes. There we go. Fair.
1: Okay. And he says, and again, we're Disney, we do placemaking. So, he reaches out to an architect, it's Beattie. And what Thomas comes up with is, well, Choctaw is based in, you know, this uh, Southern uh, New York setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely little town that's been there since 1874. Okay, And decides, okay, what if we build a full little town that we put all of our classrooms in?
0: <laughs> so this, is, this is the big idea that uh, Eisner's looking for here.
1: There we go, all there right. we go. Okay. So right. Now it makes sense. All right, so Michael actually announces the project in Carnegie Hall in 1995 you know the effect of disney's getting in the education business and with great fanfare it opens in february of 96. okay it has the best of the best of disney staff here really yeah i mean they they cherry pick people from all over the company to come teach classes here Ooh. okay yeah. built city of the art classrooms and auditoriums and they told the staff to not worry about it we understand it's going to take a while to build up Interest in clientele.
0: Sure. So don't worry about don't worry about making money right off the bat. That's right. Which we, is extremely. It's like a, uh, it's it's like Disney saying, don't worry about uh, oxygen. We'll figure it out. <laughs> like it's just something that they don't do.
1: All right. Well, they tell them, don't worry. Five years. For five years, we're gonna, you know, that that you got a guaranteed job for it's five just, years.
0: It's just so different from how Disney normally. It's like the Pope saying, don't worry about being Catholic. Just you know, <laughs> well, do do what you need to do for five years. Well, that's the thing. Within six months, they are cutting the class schedules. They are, because so, so five years in Disney time is six months. Well, <laughs> okay. all right.
1: first of all, you couldn't book anything shorter than
0: a three-day package here. Okay, so the classes lasted three days. There was no one or two-day option.
1: Well, the, you know, the whole notion was you were here to stay. You were here to... Relax, decompress, you... you, Oh, got
0: it. And three days is the minimum amount of time it takes to do that.
1: And it just did not get the traction they expected. And if you you look back at all of the material that Disney put out in 96, 97, they were constantly talking about, hey, and be sure that, you know, as part of your next Disney World vacation, you check out the Disney Institute. Have you noticed that climbing structure out in front of the building?
0: Oh, that's right.
1: About three years in, what they end up doing is uh and again we're making the turn now and right in front of us is yeah, Disney uh, Springs. Yeah so, well yeah
0: we walk towards the water we can see the um the aerof- aero Aerofield, Aero Post, Aerofield Balloon, mm-hmm. the um the river boat. Yeah, we can see the uh, the west side of Disney Springs. Oh, there's Cirque du Soleil.
1: Yeah, but this is one of the selling points. You know, you would take a class during the day mm-hmm. and you, you're within short walking distance of Pleasure Island and, and remember in ninety six was also when Disney had done the dig, the big push to turn the shopping village into uh, downtown Disney.
0: Oh, right. So we right. got our,
1: you know, the first iteration of World of Disney, and was oh, Pleasure Island still a thing. Pleasure Island was still a thing, but Pleasure Island was also having issues during the same time. It was also trying to figure out uh, some sort of admissions media that would, you know guests would actually make use of.
0: So this is 90... Well now we're 97, 98. Okay, so we're past the launch of um, uh, Disneyland Paris, which was disastrous.
1: Yeah, and and again, that's the other thing. You've got a Michael Eisner who is suddenly... Very focused on the bottom line. Yeah, and it's just sort of like, this is not making money, and so... At one point, they basically announced, this is 98, 99, that, oh, by the way, Disney Institute is really going to go back to more dealing with corporate groups rather than the public. Okay. And they let a lot of the teachers go. They cut a lot of the classes. Mm-hmm. The other thing is they moved the corporate classes over to Disney Institute. So at least there'd be something on the bottom line. It's like, well, look, we're making money. Oh, yes, off of the division of the company, we were already making money yeah, off, exactly before we moved it over
0: there. Yes. well this is is this the money that was in our left pocket before that is now in our right pocket is there that way is that how we're making money okay all right. all right
1: but again you gotta remember they spent all this money to make build this faux New England village there are 457 cute little rooms gathered around the resort okay but it's just not working it's just not there
0: and so they're not selling out the 457 rooms yep okay
1: all right so what ends up happening is 911 so, okay. 2000 uh,
0: 2001
1: yep and that's a significant event in a lot of different directions of Disney, but it's the death blow to the Disney Institute. Because right, because
0: there was just no travel for a while. And, and then there was no corporate travel. For well, a no, while
1: that's though. it exactly. So, uh, February 2002, it's announced that the Disney Institute will be closing.
0: <laughs> and there a- were a lot of things closing as well here. I mean, I remember. Um- Part of Portoline's closed. I mean, a lot of lot of resorts were closing too. This wasn't unexp- uh, so this wasn't unusual for the time.
1: But here's the part of the story I love. It's just you know in the announcement, it's like, okay, we're shutting this down, and we're going to make a DVC. Well, well what's the DVC going to be about? It's like I don't know. We're we're looking for a theme. We'll get back to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Yeah, it'll
0: have something to do with America or fantasy. There we go. <laughs> right. So, they bring in. Graham. It'll be more Disney. Oh God. All right.
1: They bring in Graham Gund, and this is an architect based out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. He had done Vero Beach for Disney. He had done Coronado Springs for Disney. In fact, he was the gentleman who designed the Never Built Eagle Pines DVC. Remember the one that was supposed to be like one of Misner's great uh, mansions? Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, what happens is that they turn to him and go, we really don't want to spend any more money on this or any more money than we have to. What can we do with this piece of property? And so... So were they, were they looking
0: to keep the existing buildings as much as possible? Oh, very much okay. so.
1: All right, All right. So, so Gunda goes down and walks the land, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Okay, so it's a faux small New England town, and it's in New York State. So what do we do with that? What do we, and, and eventually he flashes on that Disney has previously used Saratoga Springs really Um, in fact the train station at the Magic Kingdom is a direct lift from the original Saratoga Springs 1880s 1890s really yeah and so he goes into the photographic records and it's this charming New England town and it's and he looks at the bones that are here for the Disney Institute and it's like I can do something with that and he goes to Eisner and it's like I'm, I'm thinking of Saratoga Springs and it's like you mean like the place with the racetrack, the horses, and it's like yes, I'm in
0: the ponies. Yes, this is like a like Picasso had a blue period. Eisner had a horse period.
1: He did. He seriously did. There, I mean, I I keep waiting for Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. To finally tell his story about working with Michael Eisner, they had acquired the film rights to Evita.
0: Evita, the uh, film was in Ar- Argent- Bolivia? Argentina? South American?
1: Evita Perot.
0: Okay, Perot, okay.
1: And eventually they make the movie with Madonna. Um, but anyway, uh, during that same period, you know, Michael's like, well, we should do something together. And you did that Jesus Christ Superstar thing and, and Joseph and the technical called Dreamcoat. Let's do another Bible story. And, and then Michael comes up with the idea, let's do Noah's Ark. And so they were actually going to stage it in the middle of Crescent Lake between right. uh, the boardwalk and the yacht the beach club. Only on the day that Michael, you know, Surrendered Lever travels to California, he's set up a conference room uh, in Burbank and Michael comes through the door and it's like, and you know, Sir, Sir, Sir Andrew starts to tell them about the Noah show that they right. worked out.
0: It's going to be a Noah's Ark show with animals and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah,
1: but all of them done in neon. In yeah, neon, sure, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. sort of the Main Street Electrical Parade meets the electrical water pageant, only writ big done in neon.
0: Okay. Let me just pause here, Jim, and say you, you, the idea that you mentioned earlier, the thing that you mentioned about Sir Andrew, I would pay valid American currency to see Disney's Jesus Christ Superstar, the Nighttime Spectacular. <laughs> I would pay... I I I can't even put a number on how much I would pay to see that in Epcot every night. <laughs> Disney's Jesus Christ Superstar colon the musical dash the ride.
1: I'm just shuddered <laughs> to see what characters would play what roles. So, <laughs> anyway,
0: okay. all right. So so they're in this meeting. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber is starting off on the the concept, the pitch for the um, for this Noah's Ark themed nighttime spectacular. But
1: all that Michael can talk about is how he and Jane the previous weekend had gone to a horse show and how lovely it was. And Michael immediately pivots in the meetings and think, you
0: know, we should do we should do a horse theme show.
1: You know, and, and horses.
0: And, people love horses. Girls love, love horses. People
1: love horses that run on the water at Crescent Lake. And that's the and, thing
0: Andrew Lloyd Weber's looking around like, is he like this all the time? Is this no very and much the imagineers so. are like, just let him go. You know, <laughs> He's on a roll. <laughs> and,
1: and and it continues. I mean it's worth noting that after Michael left uh, Disney uh, his love of horses continued. He produced a very well-received animated series called BoJack Horseman. And the gimmick was it was basically Bob Saget only with a horse's head after he had done his sitcom for ABC. And it's like, you know. It's, it's like, bizarre it when bizarre. you say
0: it. It sounds like a fever dream. Okay. So the meeting, I guess, with Andrew Lloyd Webber doesn't go well.
1: It doesn't go well, but on the other hand, uh, what Graham Gunn proposes for doing with the remains of the Disney goes like gangbusters. Okay, it
0: can can fit in Michael's horse ideas.
1: So the resort shuts down January, February 2002. By 2004, this side of the park has been, uh, or the property has been reimagined as a small resort town modeled after Saratoga Springs, and they begin building in four different phases, 1,830 rooms. Yeah. And what we're looking at today is arguably one of the more popular profitable DVCs.
0: Really? Yeah, I mean... The thing with Saratoga that always amazes me as a DVC is there's almost always availability. This in Old Key West, and I think because of the combination of distance from the parks and uh, the need for bus service means it's, it's not people's Typical first choice. But I know a lot of people who love this area.
1: Oh, no, no. And, and but also remember, when you have 1,830 rooms, you are going to have availability. Right. But third time was the charm. They, they finally got something that worked here, was all up and running by 2007. Mm-hmm. And you can always tell how well a resort is doing by the fact that we stopped and talked for a bit about the theme pool right. up by the carriage house. But they actually built a second theme pool here from the notion of we have so many guests staying and they you know, we have, you know, at, at the height of occupancy, right. we need another theme pool. And the,
0: the property is so large mm-hmm. that uh, to walk, to ask guests to walk from the farthest end to the main pool is a little bit of a hassle.
1: Oh, no, no, absolutely. But we managed to stay in, in New York state. We went from the Chautauqua Institute, which sure. is then is sort of to the east in the state along the Hudson, mm-hmm. to now we have Saratoga Springs, which lovely little horse tree. In fact, we started it off today in the Welcome Center for the DVC, which has it's, it's if you're a, a Disney horse fan, you have to go in the lobby alone <laughs> to see the because, horse uh, murals. Yeah, yeah, that they they all of the um, the well known Disney horses, including uh, Judge Frollo's horse, who a uh, little known fact Judge Frollo's horse's name was Snowball.
0: Snowball. Snowball, and this is the this is the black horse the in black the horse. Uh, yes, the, name the, Snowball,
1: the sinister black horse, and well, again, the thing with 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 Snow at this point. In the history of Disney animation, they had so many horses for, like, three films in a row. Whenever there was a horse, they, the question was, well, who's the horse? Snowball.
0: Snowball. It's, so, it's, it's like, like uh, a, naming your dog Fido. It's like, we're we just going to do this. Or was it Rover in uh, in uh, Carousel of Progress? Where they each, at one point, each scene had a different dog name. But in the end, they were just like, you know what, Rover.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's like George Carlin. I, you know, that he got to a point in his life, whenever he got a new dog, he'd just call it Tippy. Because it's like, that's the one name I know. Yeah, so exactly. That's you're it. tippy.
0: So. Going back to a Saratoga Springs, gym, I think one of the ways that you know that Disney considered um, not only uh, Saratoga Springs a success, but Disney Springs a success after the revitalization, right, is that at Saratoga Springs, Disney now charges more points for rooms that are closer to Disney Springs. I did not know Yeah, that. their preferred rooms. That are, um, uh, and I believe this was the first resort to have a preferred room category based on the proximity to something else so it's different than like a theme park view they're actually they actually charge a few more points per night and of course they have to do a corresponding fewer points per night for other rooms so it all balances out but um yeah so the rooms that are closest to disney's the disney springs walkway are slightly more expensive in terms of points wow that's the giveaway that's, it that's finally how you worked. it exactly. work that's how you know it worked exactly wow but how, how how did the development uh the the final development of disney springs also help Saratoga Springs.
1: That's a, a history in and of itself. I mean, if you think about, we opened Pleasure Island in 89, uh, there was then the the redo of the shopping village into downtown Disney, making it more urban and appeal with the expansion in 97 to Westside. Then we had that that weird little flirtation with, okay, we're gonna do Edison's Wharf. Right. And the consideration was, okay, that's really a band-aid on our heart condition. We. This needs to have a far more distinct identity. We need more offerings. And think think about it, they tripled the number of shops and, right. and restaurants and,
0: and entertainment options, yeah.
1: That finally turned it in, though we still see the West Side in flux here. And in fact, what are you hearing about Drawn to Life? Sir? I've heard it's
0: not doing well at all. Really? Yeah. They're offering now like uh, discounts on tickets mm-hmm. Which is super unusual for that. Yeah, I've heard it's not doing well.
1: Uh, well, how much of that is COVID? As in, people don't want to go back to theater. Yeah, I mean, there's
0: there's not a lot of demand to be in a small enclosed space with strangers right now. I think that's part of it. The other thing I think uh, is, didn't Cirque du Soleil, the uh, the parent company themselves, they're having some financial uh, issues are, as well, right? So that's are. that's probably not a great uh, a great combination there.
1: That's so strange because think about it. The, initially, that was. What they thought was so successful about Lanuba is it drove people so far into the into West Side. Disney
0: Springs, yeah, exactly. You oh, can, and and not for nothing, but to get to um, drawn to life, you've got to walk past House of Blues, mm-hmm. you've got to work past walk past Taleo, the M M&M and M store, the AMC movie theater, Splitsville. There's a lot of opportunities for dining before oh, and after the show. Absolutely, absolutely. It's like and, its own little Times Square.
1: And and that coupled with the fact that you have your your lovely parking structure back there. I mean, yep. pe- people in theory can get in there immediately. So it's like, I think the thing that's, that's gotta be frustrating for everybody involved is that's Disney IP that's driving that show.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that has to be a concern.
1: All right, well, we, we, we should do the history of, of Disney and Cirque at some point. We
0: should, I, I, yeah, we should. I think that'd be a great story. I, also, uh, Jim, I, I love the fact that just beyond the parking garage, you can see the faint outlines of the top of the Team Disney building. Yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. how often they come over here for uh, for lunch. I that bet you it's pretty so. often.
1: Well, you know, given what's going on to the company these days, I would imagine it's a very
0: liquid lunch. That's actually, true. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks, that's going to do it for the Disney Dish show today. Please help support our show and Jim Hill Media by subscribing over at DisneyDish.Bandcamp.com, where you'll find exclusive shows never before heard on iTunes. On next week's show, well, I'm on a cruise, so it's the Jim Hill News Hour. Ooh, looking forward to that. You can find more of Jim at jimhillmedia.com and more of me, Len at touringplans.com. We're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams, who'll be driving the Rock River Garden Club's float, titled Petunia Monium, at the 2022 Petunia Festival on Sunday, July 3rd, starting at St. Mary's Catholic School and heading towards Dixon High in beautiful downtown Dixon, Illinois. While Aaron's doing that, please go onto iTunes and Radar Show and tell us what you'd like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.